Ephesians, just skipping over to 418, it says, being darkened in their understanding, excluded from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the hardness of their heart. And that's a further explanation of uh, what we're talking about here. And so, also in, in verses uh, 13 of chapter 2, he talks about being dead in uh, the trespasses or the transgressions of our sin. And so, man in his lost estate is in terrible, terrible uh, plight. And uh, we need to start uh, with that, with man. Man has got to be lost before he can be found. He's got to understand how dead he really is so he might find life. And uh, if you think you're okay, you're not going to turn to Christ because you're okay. But if you really understand the deadness uh, that you're in apart from Christ, then you will see your need of him. And uh, so the natural man is in complete misery, the unsaved person. Uh, We need to understand the the depth of our sin. Uh, Why do we need a Savior? Why do you really need a Savior if you're good already? If you're good in any way, why do you need a Savior? Won't your goodness get you there? Of course not. We are dead in our sin. Dead means dead. That's how I entitled this message. Dead means dead. Uh, They made a movie. It was called A Dead Man Walking. And that's what people are without Christ. They're dead men walking. And uh, even though he may be physically alive, he may be breathing, his heart may be beating, but he is dead spiritually. Amen. And that's his plight. And so we, we want to understand uh, the deadness of man this week. And then next week we're going to see our other adversary is Satan himself. And then we need to see without Christ the wrath of God. So we'll see those two things next week. But uh, right now I want to just deal with this uh, with this problem we have with sin. If you went to somebody today and say, uh, do you believe people uh, without a Savior are dead in sin and incapable, incapable of any spiritual good? How many people today would say that they are incapable of any spiritual good? I bet, I bet you... Uh, few people understand uh, that there is none good, no not one. Uh, Your goodness will not save you. Let me say that again. Your goodness will not save you. You're not going to make it. You're not going to make it on your goodness and yet a lot of people are trusting uh, in their own efforts before God. And uh, apart from Christ, you're spiritually dead. And uh, Romans, we went through Romans, and again, as it is written, there is none righteous. In other words, in their natural state, there's none righteous, not even one. 
There is not even one who understands. There is none who seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they have become useless. There is none who does good. There is not even one. Now that uh, is a pretty bleak picture, is it not? And you can continue reading that list in Romans 3, and it doesn't get any better. Uh, That shows you the condition of of man. You can't seek God on your own, and uh, you are incapable of any good before God apart from Christ. Any good. You say, well, a lot of people do good things. They're not accepted by God. And we're gonna, we'll talk about that in just a minute. But uh, uh, you can't please him in any way apart from Christ. The Bible says that all of your righteousness is filthy rags. And that's not a pretty picture. And so that's, that's uh, getting to where we need to go, which is we're dead in our sins. We're dead in our sins. Uh, Somebody said, you're not just in the doghouse, but you're in the morgue. You know, husbands, I know with your wives you can get in the doghouse sometimes. But if you go and you repent and you apologize and you ask for her forgiveness, you can get out of the doghouse. But you say, you see, in your own flesh, you can't do that with, with God. He will not accept you. The, the way you are as you are until you come to Christ. Uh, you're not in the doghouse with God. Uh, you're in the morgue. It's not just a flame that's flickering that just needs to be fanned. No, there is no flame. There is no candle burning. There is no wick because you're dead. There is no fire. There is no light. That's the plight of man. You're, somebody said, you're on a slab. You're dead. You're blind. You're in the dark. It's cold. There's no life. And I'm talking about spiritually. In other words, you're worse off than you think you were. You're much worse off than you really think you are. You're a bigger sinner than you think you are. Now, as a lost person, but even as Christians, as the ones who know the Lord, we're still big sinners. And we'll talk about that as well. And you say, but I'm not so bad. I'm just not that bad. But you see, God expects what? Perfection. That's the only way you get into heaven is being perfect. Well, you say, then I won't make it. Oh, but yes, you can. Why? Because you can trust Christ and you receive his perfect righteousness. He lived a perfect life that you can't live. And you get his record if you accept him, if you trust him, if you, if you just bow your head and ask him to save you. He'll save you. This is the, the promise of scripture. And you're this way, beloved, by nature. By nature, it says in verse 3, you're children of wrath. And we'll talk about that later, but uh, you're big sinners. Uh, Verse 2, you're sons of disobedience. You are rebels against God. You don't learn it 
You are it. Found that from somebody. You're a rebel. You don't learn it. You are it. You are a rebel by nature. Is what Paul is talking about here. You are dead to obedience. And you are alive to disobedience. Now, this is the natural man. This is the lost man. Uh, uh, even Paul says because as a Christian, as a believer, as a follower of Christ, he can say, oh, wretched man that I am. Because he now, for the first time, can, can see what a big sinner he is. And you need to see what a big sinner you are. Not used to be, but a big sinner that you are. You're rotten. You're corrupt. You're fallen. You're separated. You're in your flesh. And in your flesh dwells a little bit of good. No. The Bible says in your flesh dwells no good thing. What did Paul understand uh, uh, dead to mean? What did he understand dead to mean? Uh, Romans 8, 6 through 9. For the mind set on the flesh is dead. Now, the flesh is, of course, the lost man, the, the, the man who does not know Christ. The flesh, the mind set on the flesh is death, but the mind set on the spirit is life and peace because the mind set on the flesh is hostile toward God for it does not subject itself to the law of God for it is not even able to do so. Why? You don't have the spirit of Christ. You're not even able to do that. And those who are in the flesh, what? Cannot please God. Oh, but I don't, don't, doesn't the lost man do things that please God? No. That's what the Bible says. There's no merit in his goodness at all. None. If you think you're going to hopefully make it if you're a pretty good person, you're lost. I'm just telling you, you're lost. You need to come to Christ. And cast off your goodness. Get rid of any thought that you have. That because you've been a good person. I don't care who you are. That will not save you. Wow. That's, that's strong words. You cannot please God. However you are not in the flesh. But in the spirit. And if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. In other words if you have Christ in you. The hope of glory. Then uh, uh, you can overcome uh, there you can, you're in the battle. Uh, you're able to do so, you see. But if you don't have the Spirit, you're not able to do so. But if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. So a good person does not belong to Christ. Why? He doesn't have the Spirit of Christ, which is the power to change your life. You don't change your life. You don't, you don't, as Paul said in Galatians, you don't begin in the spirit and then just sort of take it over and do everything in your own strength and your own power and your own goodness. And No. The way you begin the Christian life is how you live the Christian life, which is by faith in Christ, by trusting Christ, by coming to Christ. It's all about him. And then when you start doing that, you'll find out your life will start changing. That's the amazing thing because not only do you believe and have faith in, 
in Christ for salvation, but you grow by the same way, by faith in Christ. See, it's all by faith, by grace through faith. And uh, a lot of people really don't understand that and really struggle with that. A lot of Christians do. Uh, By nature, though, they can't submit to God, the lost person. They can't please him. The Holy Spirit must free your mind of the flesh and give you a mind of the spirit. And a mind of the spirit is what? Life. Without the spirit, it's only death. You're dead in your trespasses. And so God must create life. Notice in verse 10 of Ephesians 1 here it says, It's not the verse I was looking for. But anyway, oh, I'm sorry, I'm in chapter 1. Chapter 2, chapter 2, verse 10. It says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. Did you get that? God creates life. We are created in Christ Jesus. You have, this life has been Put in you. It's not already there. We're created in Christ for good works. And if you're in Christ, they're going to be good works. Because we are his workmanship and he's at work in us, both to willing to do of his good pleasure. He creates life from death. That's an amazing thing, isn't it? He creates life where there was only death before. That's why it says, by grace are you saved through faith. Think about it. That's why it's grace, because there was only death there before. There was not just a little sparkle of life that you can say, well, God started with the light that was in me, and he's just, no, there was nothing there. You were dead in your trespasses. Dead means dead. I hope you understand that. Let's uh, look at some verses, I think, that teach that. John 5, 24. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. Now, he means hearing, okay, not just the hearing of the words, but the actual believing it. Uh, is what he's talking about, and does not come into judgment, but has passed, what? Out of death into life. And how do you do that? You hear and believe. You hear and believe. And you continue your Christian life the same way, hearing and believing. You're passed from death to life. 1 John three fourteen. we know that we have passed out of death into life, because we love the brethren. We, I've looked, looked at that verse last week, I think. He who does not love still abides in death. Why? Because love is a fruit of the Spirit. A lost person does not have agape love. He does not have the fruit of the Spirit. He still is abiding in death. And he can't love the brethren like the brethren can love the brethren. 
And you know if you're a child of God, you love the brethren. You love being with other believers, even, so, even though at times they will hurt you. Why? As we'll see, they still have the old nature. But still in all, uh, it's a great truth. Colossians 1.13 that we read this morning. Uh, for he, I think we did, for he rescued us from the dominion of darkness. I think that was in Sunday school. The dominion of darkness. See, we were, we were under that domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son, which is a kingdom of light. Second Corinthians 4, 5, and 6. It says, for we do not preach ourselves, but Christ is Lord, and ourselves as bondservants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, light shall shine out of darkness, is the one who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. See, he's shown in your heart. He's opened your heart. To, the, to receive this light, to see this light. There was no light in you prior to that. It was only darkness. And therefore, he get, again gets all the glory. 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if any man, any was in Christ, he is a new creature, new creation, see. The old things passed away, behold, new things have come. There's a change in your life through the power of the Holy Spirit. And then... 1 John 1, 5 through 7. This is the message which we have heard from him and announced to you that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Christ cleanses us uh, from all sin, light and darkness, uh, light and darkness. Do you have the light of Christ in your life? Has he shown in your heart and opened your understanding to who he really is? And is he, is he still working you, changing you uh, uh, to, to, to glorify him, to live for him? And yet, even as believers, we still have that old nature, that fallen nature, sad to say. And uh, we struggle, do we not, against death, the old nature, the, uh, the flesh, as Paul called it. Romans seven twenty one and 25, he says, I find in the principle that evil is present in me. In other words, what he's saying here is he still has the old Paul in him. And we all have the old Sid still in me. The old Sid doesn't get better. But I have a new nature now. I have Christ in me. But there's still that struggle that's going on, the flesh against the spirit. And so this is what he's, he's driving. And, and we struggle against our old nature. Uh, and our flesh never gets any better. He says, I find this principle that evil is present in me, the one who wants to do good. Now, that's the new Paul. For I joyfully concur with the law of God in the inner man, but I see a different law in the members of my body, 
waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin, which is in my members. Wretched man that I am, who will set me free from the body of this death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then on the one hand, I myself with my mind am serving the law of God, but on the other hand, with my flesh, the law of sin. So what he's saying here is, uh, uh, yes, I have a new nature. I have Christ in me he, who is changing me, who is working in me by his mighty power. But uh, I still have the old Paul. I still have the flesh. And uh, do you find that flesh alive still in you? But do you, like Paul then, call out, oh, wretched man that I am? Because you also have the Spirit of God that's telling you how bad you really are. How bad you really are. And I say that again, how bad you really are. You must see that you have an old nature, a sinful nature that is wretched. It never has gotten any better. The same Sid Phillips that I used to be is still here. But the good news is now I have Christ in me. I have the new nature. And so when somebody gets me for something, I don't have to get them back. If they hurt me, I don't have to hurt them back. Because now I have the power to resist and love them. Now see, that's amazing. Isn't that amazing that the turning of the other, turning the cheek and, and loving your enemies, uh, that's just uh, uh, incredible that the Holy Spirit uh, will work in us and we don't have to get vengeance. You do not, if you're a believer, uh, say, well, I'll get you back. Uh, You don't have to cheat. Bad thoughts. All of these things that's still in our flesh. What did uh, Jesus say in Matthew 5, 43 and 48? You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies. See, you can only do that if you have Christ in you. And pray for those who persecute you. Do you find yourself praying for those that hurt you? Are you saying, man, I would never pray for that person. They're so bad and they've hurt me so many times. I hate them. If that's your attitude, you better check out on whether you really know Christ or not. Because uh, to say I hate somebody is a very, very dangerous place to be in. Why? Because... Uh, we have the new nature now. We can even love our enemies and pray for those who persecute us so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he causes his sun to shine, on, uh, to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? If you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles or the lost people do the same? Therefore, you are to be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. You have the power to be perfect. You have Christ in you. Now, we don't always yield to the, the wooing of the Holy Spirit. We don't always 
uh, are obedient to what we know is right. We sin, but uh, we're to be perfect. And the only way you can do that is you, if you have a, a new power uh, to overcome uh, that evil one. And we're going to look at him next week, the, the evil one who <clears throat> comes against us. Romans 3, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All have sinned and fall short of the glory <clears throat> of God. In other words, what he's saying here is that the lost person, the lost person cannot glorify God. It's impossible for him to glorify God. Why? Because they do not act in faith. They have no faith to act in. All of their righteousness is filthy rags and so forth. Romans 14, 13. But he who doubts is condemned if he eats. Because eating is not from faith. If it's from faith. And whatever is not from faith is what? Sin. Whatever does not come and flow out of faith in a new heart and in, in the Holy Spirit is sin. So therefore, the lost cannot please God. The lost cannot glorify God in any way. I think that's what, that's what Paul is saying here. Uh, but the Christian can do all to the glory of God. See, that's the amazing thing. 1 Corinthians 10.31, Whether then you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. The difference is why? We have the spirit of Christ. We have the new nature. We've been born again by God's power. And he is at uh, work in us. And uh, uh, so... All you can do without a Savior is sin. People say, no, 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 you don't understand. I do all of this good things. Jesus said, what did Jesus say to those that said, but Lord, I did this in your name, and Lord, I did this, and I cast out demons in your name. Good stuff. But what does he say? Depart from me. I never knew you, you who practice wickedness. Wow, depart from me. But I did all this good stuff. Good stuff doesn't save you. Good, good deeds do not save you. And this is what Paul is driving home here. And why can he say that? It's because you're dead in your trespasses and sins. There's no life there at all. And you need the life of Christ. You need him in your life. And this is, uh, he's driving home here. Did Jesus teach this deadness? I believe he did. Matthew 23, 27 and 28. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, which on the outside appear beautiful, but inside they are full of what? Dead men's bones and all uncleanness. So you too outwardly appear righteous to men, but inwardly you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. Uh, I think uh, Jesus did teach this deadness. Also, John three nineteen. This is the judgment that light has come into the world and men, what? Loved the darkness 
rather than the light, for their deeds were evil. That's why we need Jesus. That's why we need him. Why are these truths not believed by the dead person, by the natural man, the person that you witness to? Why are they not believed? For one thing, they are not flattering to the human nature. How many of you just love to hear how wretched you are? I mean, just imagine going home. Janine, you're just awful, terrible. You just do all this terrible writing. Go on and on and on. Who likes to hear that? I don't know of anybody that likes to hear that. And so when you tell somebody, uh, I'm sorry, sir, do you, do you, do you believe in Christ? Uh, no, no, I, I really, uh, you know, that's just a bunch of hogwash and all. And then you go, well, sir, then... I want you to know you're dead, you're wretched, you're rotten, you're corrupt. Well, I am not. That's what they're going to tell you. Not only that, they're not going to like it very much. And you better duck because they may be swinging. Because people don't like to hear. And Paul says very openly, oh, wretched man that I am. And we need to see this morning as we go through this chapter on grace, for by grace are you saved through faith. But we also got to realize where we came from, which was dead, dead, dead. Dead means dead. But now, who we are in Christ. You see where Paul is, is, is going here. And uh, uh, we need to go there. Why? Because it humbles us. It humbles us. It takes away all pride. That's why Paul said, if I'm going to boast, I'm going to boast in what? The cross. I'm going to boast in Christ. Wow. How much boasting in Christ do you do? Or do you say, you know, I'm a good person. Or do you say, no, you know, I really am a wretched person. I sin against God every day in thought, word, and deed. You know what? I need Jesus more than I ever needed him in my life. Is that your attitude? You see, every day as you grow as a Christian, you need Jesus more. See, as you grow as a Christian, it's not that you need Jesus less because you're doing it yourself. No, you see how much more you need Jesus. I mean, it sounds backwards, but it isn't. Because he is life. He is life. Nobody likes to hear they're rotten to the core. Whew. Rotten to the core. You, you understand what rotten to the Have you ever eaten a rotten apple that was rotten to the core? Or bit into one anyway. I, you wouldn't have finished it, but uh, we're rotten to the core. Without Christ, and also these truths have to be learned from God, not man. They have to be learned from God and uh, not man. John 1, 6 through 13. There came a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify about the light so that all might believe through him. And again, it's belief, faith, saves. He was not the light, that is, John wasn't, but he came to testify about the light. There was the true light which... uh, 
which coming into the world light enlightens every man. You have to be enlightened by that light. He who is in the world and the he was in the world and the world was made through him and the world did not know him. He came to his own and his own uh, came unto his own and those were who is his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God, even to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but were born of God. Have you been born again? Not have you walked an aisle and made some outward profession and you don't care anything about Christ, you never have, but you made that profession. No, I'm saying have you been born again? That can happen right now where you're sitting. You don't have to walk an aisle. You don't have to get on your knees. You can accept Christ right where you are. And he'll come into your life and he'll begin to change your life. You'll begin to love him more and more and more until after a while the things of this world will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. That's amazing. And that's happened and still happening in my life. Praise to his holy name. Because it's God who enlightens and quickens and makes alive. And all praise is, is due him. You know, there was a man who went to the scripture to find a, uh, a passage where Christ preached a funeral service. But you know what? He couldn't find any. Because every funeral service that Jesus went to, he brought life. Those people were dead. Really, really, really dead. But he raised them up to newness of life. And he can do that uh, in our hearts as well. Let me just, in closing, in John eleven twenty five and 26... Uh, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? Let's pray. Father, I just thank you for your word. I thank you, Father, for your spirit who has enlightened our hearts and our minds to the truth of your scripture, that we must be born again, that we are dead in our trespasses and sins, that there is no hope apart from Christ. Lord, I pray if there's anyone here this morning or anyone who may be listening to this uh, off the internet, Lord, uh, Draw them to yourself. Convict them, Lord, of their sin. And may they cling to Christ. May they fall into the everlasting arms of Jesus who love, will love them and, and uh, be close to them. The, a one who they can cast all their cares upon because he cares for them. Lord, work mightily, God. Work mightily in our nation. Bring revival, Lord, in the midst of our days. And we'll give you all the praise and the glory. In Jesus' name, amen.